Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench in Corks of Red FM. I am Valerie Wheeler and I'm with you until 7pm tonight. It was such a jam-packed show this evening. We have reaction from the Camogie All-Ireland Senior Semi-Finals between Cork and Kilkenny. Cork manager Paddy Murray after their defeat today. Kilkenny manager Brian Dowling and goal scorer for Kilkenny and Dalton will be chatting to us. Also to chat about the camogie that went on today former Wexford goalie keeper goalkeeper Mags Darcy joins me to discuss today's game along with former Kilkenny star Elaine Aylward Paul Kerrigan on his retirement and CEO of Cork County Board Kevin O'Donnell on one Cork and the bounty draws so we've all that and more and of course I've one eye on the hurling semi-final the ball has just been thrown in the whistle is gone all that and more on the big red bench on Cork's Red FM Welcome along to the Big Red Bench with me, Valerie Wheeler, tonight. All right, I've just, I my setup at the moment, I've currently one eye on the hurling semi-final. The ball has just been thrown in. There's no score yet between Kilkenny and Waterford. That is ongoing. But what a hectic day. Welcome along to the Big Red Bench. I've just about thawed out after spending the last few hours in Park Grieve for the Camogie semi-finals. We've plenty of reaction coming up, as I mentioned. But first, let's take a look at the news round. The 2020 Liberty Insurance All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final will be a repeat of last year's decider. Galway be Tipperary one. 11 to 8 points in their semi-final at Parky Cueve this afternoon and they'll face Kilkenny next month after they beat the poor old Rebels 210 to 111 earlier on today a place in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final is up for grabs this evening I've my eye on it here Kilkenny and Walford meet in the first of this year's last four clashes the data are unchanged from their game against Clare last week while Richie Hogan is set to come in for full forward uh, for Brian Cody's side throw-in was just a few moments ago uh, there is currently no score on the board. Well, there's actually, just to speak, there's a minute and 20 seconds gone and TJ Reid is after slotting over a point. So it's a point and no score to Kilkenny. In the soccer, Man City beat Burnley 5 0, approaching the second Premier League in the second Premier League game of the day. Uh, Marez has scored a hat trick with Benjamin Mendy and Ferran Torres also finding the back of the net for Pep Guardiola's side. Liverpool did drop points at lunchtime as they played out a one all draw with Brighton at the Amex. James Milner had to be replaced in the 74th minute with a hamstring issue, um, adding to the Reds' injury woes. So um, elsewhere, then Everton have welcomed Leeds to Goodison Park, and that is underway since 5 30, and there is Currently no score. And West Brom face Sheffield United in a clash of the bottom two tonight at 8pm. All that and more. And there's still it's still a one point to no score in the semi-final of the All-Ireland between Kilkenny and Watford. Uh, Jamie Barron is on the attack now, hopefully going to get a score for himself. Um, I'd really, really, I think I'd really love a Watford win tonight. I know, I know a lot of people will say I don't think that Watford will do it, but I really am hoping for a Watford win tonight. It'd be great to see them get there. Now, unfortunately, over to the Camogie, it wasn't to be for the Rebels today as they were knocked out of the championship by Kilkenny. The score was 210 to 110. It was it was a smashing game. I must say it really was. And Cork did play the better side for the majority of the game. But speaking to me after the game was Cork Camogie manager Paddy Murray showing lots of frustration with his side's loss. Paddy, your initial reaction to that? Oh, I'm disappointed, of course. Uh, look, we've trained hard for this and uh, I suppose to fall short in the semi-final, it's disappointing, you know. 
probably look we had our chances to win there's no question about that and uh, I think the biggest frustration for me is that we went away from our, 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 our game plan um, you know in that running the ball in the first 15 minutes we were causing all sorts of trouble and we went totally away from it probably the referee uh, uh, helped in that regard then as well you know I think he blew, blew us for a couple of times for over carrying the ball which I thought was uh, was bizarre to say the least I could see your frustrations a lot towards the end towards the referee do you think he didn't help you in any way? No Look, you know, um, look. The first thing anyway is that uh, you played the the full. Uh, you know, he, he awarded uh, sixty or four minutes injury time. You'd like him to finish it anyway. I know. As I can see, you're extremely frustrated. I know it's disappointing for the girls down there, and a lot of them must feel disappointed. How they are yeah, look. Uh, particularly in the environment that we were in, uh, a lot of effort has gone into this. Uh, you know, since September, and uh, of course you're going to be disappointed for them. Uh, but look, you know, we have to dust ourselves out down, uh, down and get on with it. Cork Camogie manager Paddy Murray very frustrated with the referee decision um, there was some drama at the end also about the time that was spent for injury time we will chat more later on to Elaine Aylward and uh, Mags Darcy on that, on that but the goal scorer in today's All-Ireland semi-final um, laid back to say the least after securing her side spot in the All-Ireland, All-Ireland final here's Anne Dalton chatting to me after the game and congratulations back into an All-Ireland final you're six now yeah look that was the aim today come here play Cork and thankfully we got over the line and bet them look forward to an All-Ireland final now either against Galway or Tip either either team is going to be a tough one but job done today it was a right battle though I mean everyone up here did you expect it to be that tight today yeah look we knew how good Cork were were going to be they always are they're always a good team they have the hurlers they have the runners um, we knew it was going to be tough point or two but you know it's all came down to work right really you got off to a rocky start but since the water break in the first half you seemed to come back into life yeah look for the first 15 minutes I think they went around 1-3 up it's tough to get to grips with Cork's game because of the way they play they essentially play Gaelic football with a hurl and slitter so because no other team plays like that it you know it takes a while but thankfully we got used to it lift up, uh, up lift up the work rate and we came to grips with it in the end and went ahead and those goals I mean you know goals win matches and that's exactly what happened here today yeah look we got two nice goals Miriam's was unbelievable but that's what Miriam is like she just when she gets ball in hand and goes for that goal it's impossible to stop her we see her every day in training you either let her go or you drag her to the ground and thankfully today the court defender couldn't get close enough to drag her down I know that I presume you, will you be able to stay on and watch the second game or are you allowed I I actually don't know but I might go and get pancakes or something celebrate <laughs> with style you know rebel without a cause <laughs> pancakes and celebrate I mean how was the weather outside there today it looked kind of damp and drizzly yeah it was but the pitch was really good the pitch was hard so it didn't feel like a wet day if that makes sense so it was grand you know Essentially, so I mean, it looks like second nature you now at this stage. It's no, no bother to you even standing here talking to me. You're just like, here, yeah, we won. <laughs> Listen, I know the lines to give out, don't I? I've been here long enough. <laughs> Thanks very much. Congratulations. No problem. Thanks a million. As you can hear, really delighted Anne Dalton after she securing her spot in a All Ireland final today after beating Cork. <laughs> A gas woman off to get pancakes. No interest in watching the second semi-final. Well, Kilkenny Camogie manager after his side knocked Cork out of the championship this afternoon. In the first of the two semi-finals, here is Brian Dowling chatting to me afterwards. 
Brian, first of all, congratulations, Kilkenny back into an All-Ireland final. What was the goal? Um, yeah, it was certainly the goal, all right. Um, look, the plan all year was to get back there, and um, you know, we're there now. Yeah, it was a tough, tough battle today, and just to, to get over the line there and show really the, the girls just showed unbelievable character. Um, you know, we probably didn't play as well as we as we could have. We played well in patches, and but I just think it was a pure workman performance and just grinded it out, and you know, leaders stood up there really in the second half especially. Yeah, a bit of a rocky start. I know it was about 11 or 12 minutes before you got a score on the board well, that's one way of putting it alright but um, look obviously it's not the start we wanted we got that start in the other last year as well on the opposite side of it so look it's, it's not a, a plan or anything like that to go behind and come back um, but look uh, in fairness to the girls they, they came back well um, I think Ann Dalton's goal there in the second half or the, sorry the first half was a crucial score kind of settled us. And I, I thought we were even getting back into the game maybe and we had Cork on the racks a bit there but we weren't scoring you know Denise maybe missed a couple of scores she'd normally um, nail you know and that's kind of thing but look it's something to work on for the final now you're back into the Ireland final I mean after today I know you want a chance to have a look back and stuff but what do you think you need to work on yeah I'll have to look back to the game now because uh, I suppose you're, get, you're, you're so emotionally involved there on the sideline your heart is, is going at 100 miles an hour but um, look we probably didn't score maybe enough at 2-9-2-10 is, is not going to be enough to win an All-Ireland final and, but look every game is different you know it's, it's, some games are really open some games are just a battle and we kind of said it all week that look come down here and just turn into a battle and uh, you know we kind of fancied our chances that's you know our girls are good in the rucks and good on the breaking ball and stuff like that and you know look we have a lot to improve on but uh, you know delighted that we, we got a couple of goals today and like the last couple of matches probably in the big games we haven't been creating them chances so that's a huge plus but look we'll look back at the stats in the video and we'll, we'll work on things and we'll have to get right for the other in final yeah, for yourself to be in charge and over the last few years they're there maybe five or six years finals in a row now but for you this year you're after getting them there yeah look we're there now anyway but uh, it's you know the job isn't done yet you know these girls more than anybody know what it's unfortunately like to be on the wrong side of it and you know I, wa- I won't forget any of the feeling in Crow Park last year and you know that was my first year involved and see some of them girls three finals in a row and you know to, to come back again you know to show the character and the desire and you know back training and you know like Denise Gall they're back in January and she leading the whole team and Colette Armour and Ann Dalton, you know, it's they just they, they live for Camogie and you know they're an inspiration to the to, to girls in Kilkenny and you know just please God now we can get over the line in September in the other in final. Tipper Galway, I presume you don't want Galway. Oh look it's 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 gonna be a great game. Um I don't know whether I'm now saying watch it, I'd love to watch it. Um it's gonna be a cracker I'd say um look I know people are saying Galway are the favourites but uh you know we kind of felt that people were kind of talking about Cork Galway all Ireland so I'm sure Tip might have heard that during the week as well and you know that was a huge motivation for us coming down here that we wanted people to you know that we weren't we weren't forgotten and we're, we're still around and look we said we have to improve and, and hopefully we will congratulations Brian thanks so much Roderick yeah there you heard Brian Dowling saying it was huge motivation that people are talking about a Cork Galway All-Ireland like Kilkenny were underdogs heading into that game which is probably strange but former Wexford Camogie player All-Star and she's Wexford hurling goalkeeping coach and part of Davy Fitz background team Mags Darcy joined me in Parky Cueve today to chat about both games let's take a listen to her now after the game of both of them. Mags were treated to two great semi-finals here today for the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship. First up was Cork and Kilkenny. Um, a good battle between two sides, old rivals, and one of them knocked out sorely in the championship. But let's talk about Cork first. Um, their first half display for you. Yeah, I thought Cork played a very worthy possession in the first half. Um, possibly, uh, you know, converted well, but possibly felt that they didn't uh, uh, get a full foothold of the game and could have got more out of themselves within the first half itself. Kilkenny had a, a few wides. Um, however, they would have felt, you know, going in with a point up that um, they probably were, were better off coming out of uh, the first first half patch than, than Cork. 
Lately, you did mention a few wides. They had plenty of chances in the first half. The Cats did. They did. Um, you know, and, and place balls as well were uncharacteristic from certain players. Um, you know, Cork. I suppose Cork's use of the ball in the first 15 minutes was very positive. Uh, they put a lot of ball in direct, and then they changed back to carrying it through the middle third. And when I say the middle third. That's kind of 45 to 45. And when you know a team is going to play that manner or that style, um, the opposition can kind of counteract that fairly cleverly enough. And, and that's where Kilkenny came into their own after the water break. They applied the pressure, you know, they started getting your hand on the opposition player coming through and breaking their momentum. Um, and that allowed Kilkenny to turn the, turn the ball over and, and take their chances when they came then. Were the goals critical for you? The crucial scores? Yeah, of course. I, you know, we, we talk about Cork and uh, when it comes to the business end of the season, for me, Cork tactically, um, nothing's ever straightforward. Like they, they always have something up their sleeve um, and especially against Kilkenny for some reason, Valerie, yeah, we had today the circumstance of obviously Gemma O'Connor coming in and replacing Izzy O'Regan in corner forward and, and Gemma's primary strength would be to be in the back line and, and scooping up ball. Uh, maybe they felt Gemma was better placed up front and full forward today just to throw the opposition off slightly, which they did in my opinion, it, it worked. Um, Colette Dormer came in back off the wing to specifically mark Gemma O'Connor and you know when when you're kind of playing a, an opposition and you're solely focused on their their certain key players um, it doesn't allow you to play to your strengths so I felt the goal first goal was obviously Gemma struck by Gemma um, it came from a, a savage run from the middle of the field when when Cork ran with the ball the whole way through they were causing trouble but they, they just stopped doing that in the second half um, so that was goal number one for Cork and then Kilkenny's you know that's and Dalton how, how she stuck that tonight was fabulous but that should have been dealt with better and, and Cork's defence would uh, essentially broke to Anne and, and Cork's defence would feel like they, a little bit agreed with that passage of play because that wouldn't be to the standard that they'd normally would play to Something that stood out for you today was Cork's style of play and the way they played here today Yeah, like I, I like what they do I really do um, you know they, they're not just a forward playing or a forward thinking team they like to push the ball back if the option isn't on forward they like to play it wide um, but you know that style of play is very evident in the men's game as well at the moment and sometimes to be honest at this time of the year you know with the weather the way it is you're, you're overplaying the ball in the middle third you know um, I think people like to see Cork play a fast paced game that's great but they were just slowing it up a little bit in the middle third for my liking they did unlike other championship games I feel this year today was an exception they actually played a lot of ball in as well so I give them credit to that but it just wasn't sticking for them um, when they put Gemma in um, it's not the Gemma O'Connor show but I felt you know when Gemma was in full forward in the second half Gemma's strength would be an aerial ball you know, and not a low ball out either side of her, uh, just given the circumstances of her coming back from injury. Uh, so I, the fact that they never tested that aerial ball or against the opposition in Kilkenny's defence was a bit strange for me. Um, you know, the seven wides obviously in the second half for Cork, the balls dropping short, just really uncharacteristic of, of Cork. Um, and also, you know, the, the place balls were going wide. like. If you want to be an All-Ireland final, you have to be converting not 80, 80%, 90% of those set-place balls. There seemed to be some drama at the end with time, and for us here, Mags, it seemed like um, the referee did play the 64 minutes, and I know that other media outlets mightn't have had their clocks running right, but Dawson seemed right, but Paddy, I spoke to Paddy afterwards, he's absolutely disgusted with the referee. 
Yeah, uh, he maybe got maybe a whisper in his ear after the game, uh, Valerie, to say like, you know, for instance, there, there's maybe I, I believe on Twitter or whatnot there was a bit of a spark about the, the clock not running the full um, quadrant of of time. Um, for me, that's not where the game was lost uh, for Cork. Uh, I think Potty knows himself that there was lost chances there within the second half. Um, but we have to take I have to take my hats off to Kilkenny the intensity that they came out with in the second half was really admirable um, they, you know their use of the ball you know they got the ball in the middle third coming out of the fence they moved it fast when Cork decided to push up in the last eight minutes it allowed massive space back in the full forward line for, for Kilkenny um, you know like you could see Denise Gall you know lord and ball out of the sky as per usual but Anne really and Dalton for me really came to the foe she was verbal in the, in the middle third she was directing plays, she was directing set plays as well. She was basically telling people to put the ball into space because there's so much space. Like I say, you could get a grand two-story two two house there at one stage, you know, planted on the far side there, the Black Rock end. There's just so much space up there and sure, you know, Kilkenny were out in front and, you know, they were playing, not playing down the clock essentially, but they were just playing very clever, efficient camogie. Yeah, Kilkenny through to the All-Ireland final now and then we're awaiting the second uh, finalist today which was Galway and Tipperary but Galway's defensive structure here today, Mags, was just Sarah Durvin and co out there, down there in the backs. Ah, they were magnificent. Um, you have to question why they were allowed to be magnificent to an extent. Uh, tip for me, we're playing some really, really nice camogie. Like I'm talking zippy, 10, 15 metre passes off the stick, ball to hand. Uh, their first touch was excellent. Um, but they when they transitioned out of the half-back line or were coming through the middle, they didn't spray the ball in uh, quick enough. They wanted to run everything down the spine of Galway's defence and, you know, Sarah Durvin ended up getting player of the game uh, today and uh, she deserves it highly, but they were feeding ball into her and a player of her stature and standard, you can't be playing ball directly into her, uh, be it aerial or low, she'll control everything around her. You, you need to be spreading the ball in a little bit wider. Um, for me, if Tip did that on a few occasions, they would have dragged the Galway defence out because in the first half there was plenty of space up there for Tipperary and they were actually when they ran at Tipperary they were creating chances but just not executing those chances um, their shot selection tip Tipperary's shot selection in the first half let them down slightly as well I think I think Tipper there um, would, who would I be most confident going into a final if I was walking out of Park of Creeve today I would be a happier Kilkenny person rather than a Galway person. Um, Carrie Dolan came off with a hand injury there. I know Siobhan McGrath got in and, and got some good minutes in as well and um, created good opportunities, you know, creating space. But at the same time, they missed two goal opportunities, um, which they need to be taken from penalties. Um, and it just didn't seem like they were ruthless enough. Now, they'll use this and just say, whatever about yourself there, Mags. We know what we're about, and I know what they're about. They have the ability and the abundance of ability on their panel to come in and, and win this All-Ireland final. Um, but I think what Kilkenny brought today, none of us was expecting, because they, didn't, they weren't testing the group stages. So they really had to get themselves up for this game. Um, and I do think Cork threw them in the first 15, but after the water break they came out and they decided right today is our day and they must take massive confidence then going into the final in two weeks time winning against Cork in Cork's home pitch um, they'll take there'll be no more motivation they'll need to, to overcome Galway I feel Galway and Kilkenny it's going to be a right cracker in the final isn't it Mags? Yeah it's going to be a great game um,
Um, great game for any neutral or fan of Camogie. Um, I suppose it's been great today, Valerie, with the live streaming of all the championship matches. And I, I really do feel this is the year that Camogie has got the most exposure. And uh, even from the county finals, we have a lot of players. I know for myself, maybe you're playing your own championship and you can't get to another, but you're able now to... F to flip open a laptop and have a look at other county finals but for the Camogie Championship and the inter-county scene it's been great to nearly attend all these matches of sort and I think there's people from China, Australia, Canada, uh, New York and, and, and where where have you I think there's an, some viewers there from North Korea there at one stage tuning in um, so look it's magnificent to see the exposure of Camogie at this level and that's all obviously all being supported by Liberty Insurance. Former Wexford goalkeeper um, Mags Darcy chatted to me. She's also part of David Fitz's background team, the hurling um, goalkeeping coach. Trying to get that out there. I'm keeping an eye also on the All-Ireland Senior Hurling semi-final. All right, there has been a goal chance for Richie Hogan in the last few minutes, but uh, it didn't go in, but it was finished by Martin Keown. The defence stood no chance and Steve O'Keefe was too late coming off his line. So Kilkenny have got themselves a goal. But Gleeson, Austin Gleeson had another opportunity shortly afterwards, but it was saved by Owen Murphy. Um, it's just after heading back into play from the water break. Kilkenny, it's 1-5, Waterford three points. I'd say the goal was a key moment and I'm watching TJ Reid and the catches he's pulling out of the air it's crazy but Kilkenny have had loads of chances and loads of wides also but uh, water on the attack now nothing coming from that because the Kilkenny's defence is there picking it up now back to football last weekend I know it wasn't a great weekend for Cork football but All-Ireland winning Cork footballer Paul Kerrigan has retired from inter-county scene after 13 years of service. The 33-year-old made his senior debut in 2008. In 2010, he was part of the Cork team that beat down in the All-Ireland final. He also has an All-Ireland Order 21 medal to his name from 2007. He's represented Ireland in the International Rules Series. And just a few hours after his announcement on Thursday, in fairness to Paul, he was great to come on the phone and have a chat with me and it was lovely to talk to him. Let's take a listen. Joining me on the Big Red Bench only hours after the announcement of his retirement is Paul Kerrigan. Paul, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Thanks very much. Thanks, William. Paul, I presume the phone is going crazy and you just need to throw it away at this stage. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'd be pretty low-key you now. I wouldn't be too good for contact, but there's probably more ways to contact you now than ever. So, in fairness, like it's nice to get a few messages from people and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, look, I've it's I've been playing a long time, played with a lot of people. So, um, yeah, it is nice, and you know, it's it's nice to to just to be done with now and just to enjoy and go back to be a supporter again. I mean, was it an easy decision after all these years? Uh, no, geez, no, absolutely not. Like, I suppose time stands for no one, but I suppose as you get older, like I found, I kind of. Like the commitment levels have definitely gone up again, you know, the last couple of years, and there's so much involved. And even kind of, I suppose, mentally, as you get older, you kind of maybe might be less tolerable for all the meetings and all the extra stuff. And they've just increased. So um, the body isn't kind of too bad. I've had never, no, never really had a major injury. Um, so it's just look, I, I kind of had in my head that this was my last year, and uh, I kind of we were on a good path, and I thought it might end up a little bit better. But sure, look, it's done and dusted, and I've been lucky enough to to play with good teams and win, win plenty. Yeah, well, 13 seasons is a long time for anybody and I presume that you'll probably, you know, maybe come next year when they're playing and you'll be like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do with myself? Have you thought about what you're going to do while you should be at training and you should be at matches? Yeah, like I suppose the COVID there kind of had us kind of changed up to see what it would be like but um, I definitely would like 
to go to a bit more matches now. Kind of when I was playing, I wouldn't be great to go to matches and other matches. Um, so I'll definitely be. I was before I got on the panel. I was, I was a massive supporter. I would have went to every game all over the country for championships. So I'm looking forward maybe to get to go into a couple. And um, I, 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 I'd be very fond of the current group at the moment. And uh, I think, I think hopefully success won't be too far away with them. So I look forward to going supporting them. Well, no, that's great. And I'm delighted that you, because sometimes people mightn't even want to go to games after they retire. You know, they're like, I'm done with it. I can't even sit there in the stand. But it's nice to know that you'll support them. But it's probably, it's been a long journey and you've had so much success down to the years. But back in 2008 is when you made your senior debut. And oh my God, it feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, um, I suppose that summer I was kind of thinking about going away for the summer with a few of my friends. And I was kind of I was in training with Cork once a week, and then I ended up going in training twice a week, and I ended up coming on in the in the Munster final, and I got a I got one touch and I got a point, and that kind of really mm. sealed it for me. Like and uh, we kind of like oh, we, we were lucky enough to win the Munster that year, and um, it's just like it's all I ever wanted to do, and like we were with a really good group then, and we were really successful over the next four or five years, so it made it really really enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, yourself and Kieran Sheehan was probably one of the OGs, the originals left, and now you've left him on his own, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kieran left us as well for a while. Yeah. <laughs> for, his, um, for his RT in Australia. Um, he had a lovely life. I went over there and I met him. Uh, so, look, he's come back to Cork and I think he's going to be a huge asset to the boys next year. I suppose he was injured for post-COVID there, so we, we didn't get to see his influence enough. So, look, hopefully he'll be the experienced guy there now and he can take over for, for me and he'll be a good voice for fellas to listen to. So, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, we're, my, my crew are nearly done now, to be fair. You have plenty of fond memories, though. I can only assume that the All-Ireland in 2010 is probably one that stands out for you. Yeah, like, um, I suppose, like, around that time, we were playing really big games year in, year out, and we were one of the teams to be, you know, as a young fella, that was really, really exciting. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you'd be bursting to go training, you know, all the time and I suppose even during the lean years let's say kind of in the middle of this decade like like even if you're coming up to play a Kerry or coming up to play in Crow Park or Championship you'd always have a buzz regardless of how much you're being written off or underdogs and stuff like that so look, that's why you keep going back and I suppose the last two years were pretty enjoyable even though we didn't get any silverware but we played a couple of big games and, and took a scout this year against Kerry so um, yeah there's plenty of memories you know what I mean met some brilliant people brilliant experiences that opened up some great opportunities for me so uh, yeah, delighted. And I know you mentioned that you know over the last few years there mightn't have been silverware either. And yeah. I think that you know you probably didn't get the happy ending that you deserved or wanted either with the monster final, Paul. Yeah, no. Um, I suppose until we beat Kerry, um, would have really respected Tipperary, but like I would have had confidence in the group and would have been hopeful we'd overcome them and then have a proper uh, shot off Mayo in the semi. But look, it wasn't to be. Um, like Tip beat us in 2016 so the warning signs were there um, they're a really good team they're probably even a bit more older in season than we were the last day so look they've uh, some very good players and, and they were full full value for the win which is just really I suppose disappointing to finish out it would have been, been a really good December do you know what I mean to be going to Crow Park mm-hmm. but sure um, look I, I've had a good run of it and you mentioned, you know, you kept coming back and you still enjoyed it even though you weren't winning. And I was going to ask you about the commitment that you've put in down through the years. You know, when people were criticising you, because you did face a lot of criticism, Paul, you know, from fans and from people all over that are football fans. But how did you keep up that motivation when you were facing criticism like that? Yeah, well, like I suppose I found even when we were successful, there was plenty of criticism there as well, you know. Yeah. We were kind of winning, but we weren't playing exactly a smashing brand of football. 
we were playing how let's say football is played now which is very much a running game but um, look I got used to that criticism fairly quickly and I suppose uh, look I, I know like generally geez, we were flat and, and some days there and we got a few bad hammerings but for it wasn't for a lack of effort going into it for a couple of days or a couple of years you know what I mean guys put it in put in about six months of work and then to not not have it or six, seven, eight months of work and for not to go well is, is terrible but look as I said look I, I just used to try to think of the things you were missing out I just think of the opportunities that uh, and the kind of privilege it was of playing with Cork and um, sure that's kind of the way I saw it really Any regrets? Uh, oh, geez, yeah, plenty. Like that's, I'd be more of a, a glass half empty than a half full guy. Oh God! You know, like, yeah, like I suppose <laughs> you definitely would think you'd like to have a, co- a couple more medals and stuff like that. And um, being a bit selfish, um, I suppose there's a few I th- you think through the years might have got away and might have stemmed the tide or maybe turned the tide even a little bit. But um, I suppose every fellow's going to have regrets. It's it's like success doesn't come up, come easy playing kind of football with Cork. Do you know what I mean? There's there's huge expectations and there's huge competition there. Look, you did it all. You had Munster medals, you captained for Cork, you know, you went to Oz, you have an under-21 medal, and I think it was 07 you have that, haven't you? Was it, was it? Yeah, 07, yeah. yeah. We, and we lost the All-Ireland final the year before, so like, there's been plenty of, of beatings we were beaten in two so, yeah, and lows. So um, it's, been, it's been a good journey now, to be fair, and I kind of look forward to relaxing my family and my friends and, as I said, going supporting the lads and going away playing with my club, you know, a few league games with my club that I might have missed out and stuff like that, maybe helping out with my club, so... Um, look, life moves on. I suppose, unfortunately. I know. It's you. It's great to hear that you fate in the team that you're leaving. You know, you you can't wait to support them. And there's obviously plenty of new talent coming in. We've seen that this year, Paul. You know, Ronan was yeah. kind to give people their start and their debuts in a in a strange year. Yeah, like I suppose, if whatever about the new boys, if they learn, like in the space of a month kind of went from heroes uh, one week to zeros another week. Do you know what I mean? Getting great mm-hmm. praise and then yeah. probably great. But I actually do, I would have faith in some of the young guys there now and the team, like, I mean, I think, like, you would have maybe Sean Powter, Ian Maguire and Luke Hanley would be your, I think, spine of the team and would be the leaders going forward, do you know what I mean? And kind of, I'd like to see the team kind of built around them and there's some really good young guys, like, um, that got game time in the league and championship this year. And look, they'll be all the better for it for another championship, you know, and that'll come ticking faster from next year. So, as I said, look, um, I think I, 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 I'd be optimistic anyway about the boys, um, who are coming through and the team that is there at the moment. That's so nice to hear. And uh, I think that a lot of people might have questioned retirement this year, you know, but it's been such a short and strange year. Did you ever think, you know, maybe I could give it one more bash, one more go next year? Yeah, I suppose maybe with the, COVID. the kind of, the, yeah, and the season might be over within six months next year. Do you know what I mean? I was kind of mm-hmm. half thinking, about it, but I, I, I had my mind made up kind of from the start of the year that it would be my last year. And uh, I suppose the, the COVID kind of, uh, stretched it out a little bit do you know what I mean um, uh, it was a good year too like you know we, we had a, a full Lasher Club Championship as well and look uh, I think the guys will definitely take positives from uh, the post-Covid um, going into next year with Cork uh, even though it was a terrible note losing the tip but you know I know, but as you said, you know, hopefully they'll pick themselves back up now yeah. and, you know, ignore the criticism that they might be facing because that's the least of, that a young team can face. You know, I think that you yourself, you're around so long, Paul, you're probably able to put the criticism to the back of your mind, but some of those players are so young. Yeah, yeah, it's no harm either to listen to a bit of it, you know, and, you know, channel it any way you want, you know, okay. to get better or prove people wrong. Um, look, at the end of the day, if you lose a monster final to Kerry, to Tip, to Watford, whoever... Uh, you're going to get criticised. So look, you just they're going to have to take them and chin, dust themselves down, and 
and I think you know I think they have the attitude to go back and go harder again next year. Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, they're going to be like they, they, like all the top teams are are being constantly criticised and critiqued. So mm-hmm. if they want to get there, they better get used to it. Plenty of time for the club now. I'm sure Nemo are delighted. Yeah, yeah. I suppose we've shut down for uh, however long, waiting for those restrictions to be lifted. To maybe go back training maybe the end of this month or in January uh, and look forward to a county final next year. So, um, yeah, look, I suppose you'd be hopeful we'll be getting back to a bit of normality early next year. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, I can spend a bit more time down there and you know, spend a bit more time training with the lads. No, I, I suppose I got a text from one of them saying, you better get used to training now in June and July when there's <laughs> seven or eight of us there. So, uh, I'm used to being away for the last however many number of years. So, um, yeah, look, I, I'll enjoy it and I suppose there's other aspects of the club that you can go and enjoy as well no more the social side and stuff like that so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I look forward to getting down there and of course your family time I'm sure they'll be delighted to have you around and for you to be able to take them to games yeah yeah uh, so obviously Billy's seven months now so um, he's born the height of the Covid so look oh. uh, I get to, I suppose go to games with my father and stuff like that and my own family and go as I said be a supporter again and then they look and see what happens down in the next couple of years so um yeah, so I've, I'll have plenty to keep me busy anyway. Speaking of your dad, before I let you go, um, yep. you know he represented the county as well, and you've quite a yep. medal collection between you. Yeah, yeah, um, I suppose Cork have I think seven all Ireland football, and we've kind of three between us. Do you know what I mean? So it's a good record. Um, wow. So like, um, yeah, look, I suppose between my club, I didn't have to look too many, too far for many fellas who played for Cork and to look up to. So there was plenty of Mountain Nemo and. Um, I was just delighted to go on and represent my family and represent my club whenever I was playing with Cork. Do you know what I mean? You, you, like that would be, at, in my mind anyway, representing the club and, and definitely my family when I was playing with Cork. And, you know, I, look, um, I, got a good, I got a good run out of it, as I said. Well, Paul, you seem to have, um, I kind of found peace with the fact that you're retiring. You don't, you know, you're not coming across as too emotional. I feel like you, you knew and you had your mindset out at the start of the year, but you had a phenomenal contribution to Cork football. And thank you so much for all the memories and coming on the Big Red Bench this week. Yeah, no bother anytime. Um, yeah, I suppose uh, we'll enjoy Christmas now, hopefully, if they open up. Um, and uh, as I said, I look forward to supporting the boys over the next couple of years. Brilliant. Cheers, Paul. Thanks, Millen. Thanks, William. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Welcome back to the Big Red Bench with me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7 o'clock tonight. Right, Cork GA during the week announced a new initiative, One Cork. One Cork will bring the organisations together as part of an ambitious programme that aims to improve investment, improve investment, excuse me, and commercial activity that will benefit Gaelic games in the county from the grassroots up. I caught up with CEO of Cork County Board, Kevin O'Donovan. Kevin, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Good evening, Valerie. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, Kevin. With I suppose with all that's going on in the world at the moment and in Ireland, it's great to have some bit of good news. And you have launched a new initiative called One Cork Model. Can you tell us a bit about it? Oh, yeah, we hope it's a step forward for G and the county at all levels, be it in clubs, at school level or at county level. It really has its origins in the range of, range of challenges that's facing Cork GA presently. Maybe lack of success on the field or not as much as we'd like and financial challenges off the field. And those fall into different areas. And we found ourselves maybe back 12 months ago with challenges in Parky Keeve, challenges at Cork County Board level, and then challenges in fundraising and so on. So I suppose a group of people and ourselves it's been the last 12 months and now that has led to the formation of One Cork whereby 
the county board, the Parky Keith Stadium Board, Cardiff Corky Supporters Club, and other successful business people who are very passionate about Cork have come together to form a group. It existed as a subcommittee of Cork County Board, but the movement is much broader than that. So it's really bringing all those challenges to one place and then solving problems and giving benefits to all. Trying, trying all this isn't going to be easy, of course. I think, what is your big ambition and goal towards the end of this? Yeah, so, so in, in narrow terms, yes, there's a business plan with a commercial strategy as part of it. The commercial strategy is looking at all possible sources of revenue for Cork GA, be it from the corporate sector, be it from passionate supporters and members clubs, be it from the campus, which is our, our two stadia, or from other community initiatives. And that fits in then with an overall business plan where we're looking at debt repayment, where we're looking at the finances of the county board, and where we look at areas of strategic investments such as coaching, such as training facilities, such as our inter-county teams, where, you know, I suppose that's the lifeblood of our organisation. So while we recognise the, the financial challenges we have now, we actually want to grow the organisation. So that's, that's the strategy. And then in the short term, there's wins. And in the long term, maybe some of the bigger projects will be over longer time. And ultimately, our goal is to increase participation in Gaelic Games in Cork. So this is going to be applied to all ages, like everyone will see the benefit of this. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's, I suppose, that's integral to the GA as an organisation, is that nobody is left behind. And of course, there's there's big ticket items on the desk at the moment in terms of the debt at Cork. Keith has to be addressed. The county board has to turn a profit and then we want our teams being successful in Crow Park and so on. But it's much broader than that in terms of the initiatives, in terms of possible sources of revenue and then areas of revenue spend reaching out into every corner of the county. That, that's the plan because I think it's incumbent, incumbent upon us to take that approach because the support will come from every corner of the county and far and beyond. We expect the benefits to go back to the same places. And Kevin, do you think people will be kind of slow to buy into this? Will they think it's maybe to help the debt that's left outstanding in the stadium? Yeah, well, that's why we're being so honest and upfront is that all of these streams must run together because it's irresponsible if we were to just increase expenditure in certain areas and ignore the debt. But then if we were to just focus on the debt, that would be equally irresponsible because we'd be leaving our teams and our clubs and our players behind. So that's what this is about. It's a joint vision with different groups with different objectives and we all have the same objectives in the end but at at a top level maybe different objectives in their terms of reference so it's a matter of pulling all of that together being honest about debt being honest about deficits and still having a vision whereby we don't leave our players short be they a club player a child a youth an adult or an inter-county star so that's why we want to be so honest and we're presenting joint accounts for the stadium and the county board in the next month at county convention and we've been very upfront in terms of our own group internally about the challenges facing us and my answer to to people outside maybe who would would feel that concern is all those questions have had to be addressed in order to get the quality of people we have in one cork so that that's a question we're answering on a daily basis and we welcome it so it's a very reasonable concern but that's actually what One Cork is about. Pay the mortgage and feed the family at the same time. But the stadium was under management of elsewhere, but now it's back to the people of Cork to be looking after, which is a which is a plus, Kevin. Yeah, so we, we've great support from Crow Park and great support from the bank in terms of the long mo- long-term long model. And, you know, we expect debt, 
you know, in the next year or two to settle around the 20 million euro figure, which is a, you know, a very substantial figure. But then we put it in the context of the 100 million euro value of the stadium itself. Coming back to the management to the stadium, yes, back about six months ago, we, because we're producing a business plan, because we have the one cart movement, and because we're very passionate about running this building on a day-to-day basis, management on a daily basis was returned to Cork. Now, the support is still there in Crow Park, the expertise. Obviously, we've got significant funds from Crow Park over the last number of years, but we're attempting as much as we can, stand on our own two feet, and then in the long term, Crow Park want, you know, Crow Park have no interest in, in running the stadium down here. They want to support us to do it better ourselves. But the stadium has plenty of potential to bring money in, Kevin. I mean, there's so much space and the pitches and things that you could be doing in there. Yeah, absolutely. And and so the one car group is 12 people and those 12, while the group is only launched now, those 12 people sat on 12 work groups. They chair 12 different work groups. And under those 12 work groups, there were 50 possible streams of revenue identified across the county board and across the stadium, ranging from membership clubs to premium seats to 4G rental to concerts to conferences to season tickets to Jersey sponsors with the county board to naming rights partners with the stadium. So that's why we want this joint vision as we see huge potential if, if a group looks at the entirety of it. And then, as you said, so many opportunities there. And I suppose the pitch is a game changer as well because... I suppose the negativity of the pitch captured the imagination of the public and now that has just flipped 180 and we see the positivity around the pitch is capturing the imagination of the public and it is really forming a strong Parky Keefe brand that we can market because people believe in the facility. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are happy with how the pitch is looking at the moment. We're seeing plenty of games on there, which is great to see and having games coming to the county. Absolutely, and most importantly different sports playing there. So we had the Camogie quarterfinals and we have the Camogie semifinals this weekend now as well. We look forward with the ladies footballers in for league games at the start of the year. We look forward to much, much more of that. So the quality of the pitch allows us to run more games, more activity through it. That allows it to be more inclusive. That allows us to look at concerts and the pitch is so robust now, it can take more punishment from concerts and so on. So it just gives us a much stronger base from which to be inclusive in a community sense and be commercial and market the, the product a little bit more efficiently. And it's good to see, Kevin, that One Cork will support the ladies' football and the camogie, which is important because, you know, often they can be forgotten about and it's nice to encourage those links between the two and the men's games. Absolutely. And, and that, that is something that is happening anyway. But I think, I think One Cork can become a catalyst for it because it, it, it is in the goals of all the people from the different groups who came together that we would increase levels of integration. We're totally committed to that. Now, that will evolve and grow over time. And we have to be mindful that we are not the governing body in Cork GA over those sports. We have to be very respectful to their officers. But we're actually sitting down with them in the next week or two to, to foster those links. And the closer and closer we become, will be to the benefit of both sides. It'll be the benefit to the ladies' games, the Camogie ladies' football. It'll be equally beneficial to us in terms of broadening our base of expertise and knowledge and all the experience they will bring to our side. So One Cork is a nice model which, from which to run all that through because I suppose we have to wait a little bit while maybe for the sports to become more integrated on a national basis. We can actually get on with this 
integrated model in Cork in the meantime. I know it all looks great and it sounds amazing, but have you ever thought of maybe the difficulties launching this during the middle of a pandemic in the middle of COVID-19, Kevin? It must be a somewhat a scary thing to do. Yeah, well, my view on that is there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. So, yes, of course, when Cork suffered two very disappointing defeats in the last couple of weeks, yes, because of COVID, people said, is now the right time to go out with this? But sure, if you flip that, then now is exactly the right time to go out with it because, as, as I said at the launch, hope has to be maintained. People are now looking for hope. They're looking for someone, you know, a group to stand up and say, we'll back these inter-county teams. We'll give them more support. They're looking for a group to say, let's go and fundraise. Let's generate activity in these difficult times. So I think actually now is the perfect time for it. It would be easy to launch this the week that Cork would bring home Liam McCarthy or Sam McGuire. But I think it has more substance now. How will it benefit the people of Cork, the fans? I know even membership scheme. Yeah, there'll be a number of membership schemes. There'll be, you can enter at any level and a lot of those models are in place already at Cork to Cork so they'll be soon now into one Cork. So there'll be low entry levels and then there'll be high entry levels. They'll be combined with with season tickets for your club games or your inter-county games. At a higher level, they can be combined with premium seats. And we just want to give a a good service to, to, to our supporters. But knowing all the while that the same euro that supporters get sends in this is a community model. It's almost a cooperative. We want them to get the benefit of their spend back. So there'll be lots of exciting projects. I suppose our, our focus in the short term, we got our county board season ticket up and running last year. That was a big success until COVID decided yeah. to lock us down. So a lot of this stuff is kind of in the pipeline already. So one cork is very much a, a matter of streamlining it. So, but in, in, in up until this point, the focus has been on commercial partnerships, the examiner streaming, our connection with Red FM, obviously through the leagues and so on, our connection with Bon Secours and Dairy Gold, our connection with O'Neill's, with Chill, with Briffig. A lot of our focus has been on that. And it's kind of following the launch and know that the identity is being formed, that we'll be really hitting the supporter with the, with the proposals in the new year, hopefully. And... Of course, you can't forget that probably your core value or hopefully would be the success of the clubs and county teams at the centre of this. Absolutely. And, and coaching, I suppose, is the key part of all this that cuts right to the heart of all of that. So if we can increase our investment in coaching, which this, is in the terms of reference, which this group intends to do, all the while paying off debt. So that's the balance here is we pay the mortgage. But as I say, feed the kids. Feeding the kids here is coaching and coaching will benefit at every level. It might be high performance input at inter-county level. It'll be GPOs and coach and GDAs and coaches on the ground in a grassroots level. So coaching and facilities and areas like that are areas that can just straight away wash through all the levels, be it the club, the school or the county. So they're right at the top of our agenda. Great. Well, I think that a lot of people will say that this thing takes time and energy and commitment. As long as everyone is there to be committed, I think the projects, projects will be developed, which is great to see. And with the players and games are at the heart of it, I think it will benefit a lot of people in Cork. Um, so that's one, Cork. But I spotted in the Southern Star by Kieran McCarthy today, I don't know if you've seen this, Kevin, but uh, Carberry Chairman Tom Lyons has called on the board maybe to postpone the new Rebels bounty draw until a later date. I know it's expected early December and um, they were hoping that she'd hold off due to the financial pressures, pressure of them being having COVID this year. 
Yeah, so, so Rebel, Rebels Bounty has gone through a massive consultation process. We've been located with over six months. So it, its origins lie in the fact that the, the club's draw served the county really well over 20 years. But people, the clubs told us, by the way, not people, the clubs told us it needed a revamp and to be freshened up. And there was 15,000 members in that. So we, we didn't feel we should start from scratch. We felt we should migrate those members across to a new model. When we investigated it, we found that uh, a significant number of clubs were carrying all, doing all the heavy lifting in, in, in the club's trial. And the county board was getting a, an amount of 50% back of every ticket. And that went to prize money administration and then county board projects. We looked at it very differently. We said, we, we've got to spread the load here and increase the income for both the board, but more importantly for the clubs. So we put an incentive scheme in place, which has been a big hit with, I suppose, clubs that want to promote it and push it. They'll get 100% of all sales above a minimum quota level. Then for clubs who don't want to sell it and didn't engage with the previous straw and maybe have a negative view of this, they feel that they were being very unfairly punished then if they didn't sell ticket sales because there was zero commission on ticket sales up to the minimum quota level. So you combine that with COVID and obviously there's been a lot of discussion on it. And my argument to anyone saying, don't launch something in COVID. It's, it's now the clubs need this project more than ever. And we have clubs who are begging us to launch this moment. Their, their lifeblood depends on, on the club's draw. And this is the new format for the club's draw. So what we've done to assuage the fears of the, the 20% of clubs who are against it, as opposed to the 80% that are for it, we've set up a support committee, Connor Coonan and a number of our executive members are on it. So we're going to consult further, discuss with clubs how they hit their targets, give them ideas, see what way we can work around it if they feel they've reached a dead end and they want to migrate maybe from under fundraising campaigns. So, so we're all ears, but, but standing still, is not an option for this board. It's not an option for, for our communities, for our teams, for anything. We have got to move on with this. So I'm hearing all the opinions being expressed, mm. but it's our job to show leadership. We've consulted. We've got a majority in favor. We have to move on. And then we have to bring the people with us who, are, who feel they're being left behind. And that process is going to start immediately. Why do you think there are some clubs that are, are for it and then some that are against it? Why is it so, why is well, it divided? It, like, like any incentive scheme, Valerie, if, if you see the incentive benefiting you, you'll generally be in favour. Yeah. And if you see the incentive not favouring you, you'll generally be against. So this is based on a franchise model where the reward is in the sales for the clubs. So you get no benefit out of the early sales and you get all the benefit out of the later sales. So that's the model we came up with. We felt that would encourage people to sell and to promote it and to like there's no cap in it for clubs. So we have 20% of our clubs who are making more money out of the draw next year than last year by simply not selling another ticket. But our actual our vision is that they would increase their sales by a significant amount. So, so that, that's what it's about. And to be fair, some of the smaller clubs feel it's daunting that the targets are too high and so on. Maybe they have other fundraising schemes that they don't want to migrate across from. So we, we hear all that. But... And, and I would say they feel that the quotas are, are unfair depending on their size. So we looked at a load of models. We looked at population. We looked at affiliation. We looked at number of teams. We looked at dual clubs, single clubs. Mm. And we found that the best measure of a club's ability to fundraise was the grade they were playing. It's not the only one, but it was the, the best and fairest and most transparent one. So it, it, it's, I suppose it's, it's, 
there's no spurious issues being raised. These are genuine concerns by clubs. So our feeling is we have to move on. We have to promote it. We have to get the benefits out of club and county. But then we set up our support committee to help that 20%. And it's probably this year they'll feel it most. You know, the yeah. first year is the hardest in this. We'll be hoping for repeat sales then. So we're, we're reaching out to them. I suppose it's also a free country, by the way. So it's our big regret that we haven't had a county board meeting, a physical county board meeting, whereby we would trash this out. We would have a vote on the floor. It would become policy. And now I suppose these people have to use these, those other avenues to publicly express their opposition to it. Whereas a county board physical meeting would allow that in previous times. Yeah, I suppose some people might see it as a financial burden having to try and sell all these tickets and then they might not reach their target. So maybe that's where the worry lies, you know, Kevin. And I think that especially the year that it's been, they haven't had a chance to maybe do fundraisers like they normally, every year you see clubs and GA clubs doing, whether it's lip sync battles or, you know, collections at the church gate. They've, these sort of things weren't able to happen this year and maybe that's why clubs are feeling the strain. Yeah, well, and, and, and I suppose you've given one of our main objectives that is the reason we are pushing so hard on it this year during COVID times is because these other sources of generating revenue in clubs are now shut down. So that's the perfect opportunity to use Rebels Bounty where a phone call and a direct debit can get a sale and there doesn't have to be an event. There doesn't have to be an event cancelled and there's no prize money because we're providing that and there's no administration because we're doing that centrally. So for all those reasons, we think now is a better time than ever as this is being a really good fundraising model. And look, it, it, it depends on your perspective on it. If you're going to look at it as an opportunity, it'll be a big success in your club. If people see it as a cross to bear, well, then there's going to be no sales. And, and the more you speak against it means the harder, or sorry, the more you, it's criticized publicly in these local areas, the harder it's going to be to sell tickets. So we're hoping people will embrace it in a positive manner. And, and we're all ears. We have a committee mm. that will actually be physically going to those clubs. They feel it's unfair, feel it's too much of a challenge, feel their target is too high. We're going to support those clubs and build it over a number of years. Well, great. That sound, all sounds wonderful. And I think everyone looks forward to this one Cork kicking off and we look forward to the benefits of it having on Cork and the players and the success of everyone on the field from underage up to senior ranks. Kevin, it was lovely having you on the show. Thanks a million, Valerie. Appreciate all the promotion as well that you're doing for sport and GA in particular. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Valerie. Kevin O'Donovan, CEO of Cork County Board, chatting to me about the new initiative, One Cork, all that and more. I will be popping up more um, Camogie semi-final reaction on our podcast. We're going to be chatting to Elaine Aylward. So if you have missed out on Elaine and Mags Darcy, head up on the Big Red Bench. It'll be up shortly. Elaine, a great day for Camogie. I think two games that a lot of people were delighted to sit at home and watch today. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose it was so unique that, you know, a Cork Kilkenny game was the, the curtain raiser for it and it certainly set the tempo here on side today. But uh, two great games, yeah, and great advertisements for the game. For the first game, I think Kilkenny probably came in as underdogs and it really suited them here today, Elaine. Yeah, absolutely. Even myself, I was saying, you know, Cork's trajectory coming in has been on the up, the up, the up. They had their first game against Wexford, nice game against Galway, good game against Clare then in the quarterfinals here they were really building and having Gemma and Julia White back on the panel then I think you know I was saying yeah Cork's canter is really up and Kilkenny not really being tested in six weeks probably and it's hard to know like you can you know raise the tempo of training all you like but until you get to the white heat of battle you, 
you don't really know what what it's about and I suppose for the first 10 minutes there today they did look a little bit off the pace and it was looking worrying for them but I just said it's a huge testament to Brian Dowling, Tommy Shefflin, their management team and that bunch of girls that they were able to build that intensity on their own over the last six weeks and that you know that's no disrespect to Westmeath or Limerick but Kilkenny really had had it all their own way in their group games and they came here today and barred that initial maybe 11 or 12 minutes they went toe to toe with Cork and came out on the right side of it. Yeah we applaud Kilkenny for the performance here today and slipping in under the radar but what happened Corkling? Yeah look I think they look back at probably happy enough with that first 10 or 11 minutes like I said Kilkenny were definitely on the back foot and when Cork got that goal it really did look like curtains for Kilkenny but you know there was a stage there in the second half coming near the end around the second water break the Cork had all the play Kilkenny looked to have retreated and Cork just couldn't make a count on the scoreboard they had a lot of wides and uncharacteristic wides like a couple of frees that were you know you'd have written down already given that they'd be gone over and they didn't and you know that seemed to get in on their psyche and Kilkenny were able to any time they came up the field they may have only had one or two players up there but they won a free Aoife Doyle was superb making play and that fantastic hand pass for Marion Welch's goal and that was just the difference What was the drama with the time at the end of the day and I know for me sitting here in the stadium I think that the 64 minutes was played but I know for other media outlets they didn't think it was what happened? Yeah there seems to be honest I wasn't watching the clock that closely I was watching what was going on on the play but I think the clock on the television and the clock in the stadium stopped for the two minute water break and then when the whatever it is four or six minutes is announced obviously the clock in the stadium never gets to the 64 or the 66 because it has been stopped for the water breaks I think that was the issue but I think both referees have clarified that they were happy enough with the time played and with the time that was allocated Well Galway through or Kilkenny through to the All-Ireland final and then we were treated to another spectacle here Tipperary really did put up to Galway which was lovely to see here because I think we've watched Tipperary over the last few weeks and they've started to really come into themselves this year Yeah and it was a funny game we probably started a little bit slower maybe than the first game and took a while to get going like I said Galway you know hadn't really had a game since since their last group game against Cork up in Pierce Stadium whereas Tip had had the benefit of that Waterford game a few weeks ago and look Tip are really establishing themselves as a team that are there or thereabouts and look set to be able to, to topple one of the top three but it just wasn't to be for them today you know as you said really really put it up to Galway but just fell short like just didn't have the players maybe to finish some of the opportunities that they managed to create Galway just some of the players that are on the field and some of the players that are on the bench I mean the strength of their bench Elaine it's kind of scary I think if you're heading into an All-Ireland final against them you're worried if I'm a back and I'm wrecked in the 50th minute I see someone coming off their bench I think I'd be disgusted yeah and you saw that when Siobhan McGrath came in like she was goal hungry real killer instinct for a corner forward you see Noreen Cohen coming in then as well like Sarah Spell and they have forwards they have players on the bench that it would be the envy of most counties like you know and that's only good for Galway you know you can imagine now a 15 on 15 training match this week in Galway mm-hmm. with girls like that fine for a place to start in the All-Ireland final and look Colin Murray showed last year going into the All-Ireland final he's not afraid to make changes and, and to start the team that is going well in training so you know a big two weeks in Galway now and a cracking final in store for anyone that loves Camogie I think Elaine it's great for Camogie this year how well the game's played the coverage it's got it's just been amazing yeah we've been treated to more Camogie this year than probably in a lot of other years and that went right from the club scene early in the year you know I got to see county finals from all over the country that you'd never get to see before live streamed by clubs and that led on then into the to the Camogie Championship the inter-county junior intermediate and senior you know they've been True Liberty and, and the different streaming outlets it's been brilliant to see and it's given people a real taste for Camogie and to think the two Camogie games today now were the curtain raises for the hurler this evening you know it's been a super Saturday of GA action and it's great to see the Camogie in the middle of it um, I'd love to ask you who you'd um, see winning the final line I know you'd love to say one but is it too early to call or do you even want to say 
Ah, look, it's just, I'm just looking forward to it at the moment. I think you sit back and look at the two games from today first and, and see, look, a lot can happen in two weeks. I do think Kilkenny will probably be the happier going away from Leaside today. You know, they've beaten Cork, they got that monkey off the back, but it's nearly carbon copy in reverse of what happened last year. You know, Kilkenny saw off tip in a mediocre, probably semi-final and Galway had that cracker against Cork. And now we have the opposite this year. Kilkenny have come away from a cracker with Cork and Galway, you know, did what they needed to do in the semi-final to get there. So, look, I don't think Kilkenny would be happy with the performance in the All-Ireland last year. I think they feel they left a little bit behind. On the other hand, then, I don't think Galway, this Galway panel will be happy to have just won one All-Ireland. I think they know there's more in them. They look to put back-to-back. I don't think they've done it before, and they look to put back-to-back. I would say I expect to see a better performance from Kilkenny in this All-Ireland than I did last year. I think Tommy Shefflin's mark is just all over this Kilkenny team, and I thought their hurling today was so sharp. Once they got to the pitch of the game with Cork, they out-hurled them for large passages of that play. And Look, I think we're just in for a massive final. Yeah, we are. We're really looking forward. And thank you so much for joining me here today, Elaine. And Park, we better head home. Or I did the last in the stadium at this stage. <laughs> the fog is down and I'd say the lights are on the way out now, so we better leave. Before it gets dark. Thanks, Will, Elaine. No bother. That's it for me. I'm back next Saturday night from 6pm. Up next is Stevie G. He's going to be bringing the tunes. Woohoo! Go on, Stevie. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.